you're you're a degenerate gambler and you're in your mid-50s. Who bets on the Jets? Uh, who, have you not learned anything about betting? The Jets are going to come back! No, they're not! They're never going to come back! They're never going to come back! Long live the king, yo. I'm from the Empire State. That's... Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com with Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com. And Scott, it's a wonderful Wednesday, and we're ready to close the door on this victory over the Panthers and move on to what we hope is going to be another victory over the New York Jets, depending on who's even going to be available for this game. We'll see how many starters yeah. are out for both these teams by the time Week 17 gets here. Yeah, this is, um, you know, we're in college bowl season right now. Some of the bowls are going on. Some have been canceled. Uh, this is going to be the COVID bowl between the Jets and the Bucks up in New York, <laughs> it seems, between some injuries and some people on the COVID list, including head yeah. coach Bruce Arians right now. And, and I guess Robert right. Sala just got off the – the list yep. in New York, uh, according to latest reports. So we're going to have all of that that news of, of, as of right now, who's in and who's out and who we think will be back. But uh, there's a lot to break down. And, um, you know, oh, yeah. this this should be a, a, a game the Buccaneers win, even with their JV squad. I think they could probably beat the Jets. But uh, at the same time, listen, any given Sunday, and especially when you have a couple of key guys out, some due to injury, the latest of which Shaq Barrett, of course, and then some guys due to COVID, it's, it's, uh, it, it can change things, right? So, oh, absolutely, yeah. This is the whole dynamic of what's going on right now could change at any moment. In fact, we we are just kind of getting the injury report and kind of eyeballing it right before we yeah. went live and trying to see if there was anything else going on, but more than anything, I think it's, it's COVID, right? Like it, it's, there's right. unpredictability and we haven't heard anything else today about any COVID positives. And I, um, um, acting head coach, interim head coach, Harold Goodwin was not asked about it today at the media availability. So we're just waiting and you know, usually has been coming out around this time of the day, I think. And so hopefully that right. you know, nothing else comes out, but if people are still, Catching up with the situation uh, right now in COVID protocols for the Bucs head coach, Bruce Arians, wide receivers coach, Kevin Garver, wide receiver, Brashad Perryman has come off the COVID list and he's back on the roster. And instead, Mike Evans is still on the co- is about on the COVID list. Jalen Darden is on the COVID list. Rakeem Nunez-Roaches is still on that list. Darden and Nacho should be eligible to come off soon. As long as their symptoms have decreased, they should be good to go. Um, as long as they don't aren't having right. any sy- symptomatic issues or whatever, they should be good to go for this week. And we'll see about Evans, who tested positive, I believe, would have been Sunday, but they get the results Sunday night or Monday or something yep. like that, I think. And then um, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamal Dean were placed on the list yesterday, so they would have tested positive Monday. Um, and so th- we'll see. Those guys they could be back under the new protocol rules. Yep. We just have to wait and see how that goes for them. And so that's kind of the situation right now with COVID with the box with the jets. It's way more complicated. I have no clue when they have like 20 dudes on COVID list, but then six came off today or maybe more. Cause three went to the practice squad. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. There's not even any point. I mean, just see who clears and who doesn't. I know they expect both their guards back uh, by the time the game is played. They're on right. the COVID you list. You're talking now. about both their guards, uh, Laurent Duvernay, Tardif, and then, mm-hmm. 
the other guard, Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah yeah, Vera Tucker. yeah, all these guards with three names. It's like the best defensive line. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, they, they have. Uh, it is. It's going to be the matchup of. I just realized this D, D line versus O line. If you get Nacho out there and Pierre Paul plays this week, you have right. Jason Pierre Paul, Raheem Nunes Roches, right. and then Joe Trinchoenka. Joe Trinchoenka, exactly against yeah. Lauren Duvernay Tardif and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, and you yeah. got all the yeah. So, little subplot there. May the best hyphens win. That's right. But I think that, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see kind of how that part of it plays itself out. But I know one thing, Scott, we're trying to stay off any, any, any outlets ourselves because we are, we need to be at our best this week. We do. Or covering this team and covering this upcoming game. And to do that, we got to be drinking our Celsius. There's no other way to do it. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. The blueberry pomegranate, it's a great flavor. It's one of my favorites. Rocking that today, uh, Celsius Heat Edition. There's tons of flavors, though. Where what you like, you can get into Celsius. There's no sugar in Celsius. It's unbelievable. They can get this taste without sugar, without the bad stuff you find in other energy drinks. And, of course, there's also no crash either, and that's one of the best parts of it. And so uh, definitely check out Celsius. You can use the banner ads uh, at Celsius or at, at pewterreport.com to find out where Celsius are near you. Celsius.com will tell you as well. They'll use the store locator. Do the Amazon subscribe and save option as well get celsius coming to you uh, on the regular yeah. scott we should probably touch on the injury report before we get much further into this let's one, do I it think, uh, since there were john you do the injuries i'll do the weather okay <laughs> the weather you want to yeah. do the weather first we can do the weather first because we've got the weather pulled up right here the weather forecast say. for sunday up in new york not nearly as good as tampa back to you john no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, of course. <laughs> no, Sunday. Uh, actually, it's gonna be kind of balmy. It's gonna be 55 degrees for the high. It's, it's Are you serious? Kickoff. Yeah, 55 degrees with showers. Okay, so no wow. snow. There, there's a front coming through New York on Saturday and Sunday. It's gonna bring rain on Saturday and on Sunday. We're gonna have showers. 51% chance for showers on Sunday. So those could be gone by kickoff. 89% on Saturday. So you've got the the front coming through it is going to be windy on sunday they're expecting 18 mile per hour winds uh it's swirling winds up there in new york obviously and then it gets cold the next day but it's partly cloudy on monday it's 34 degrees so the bucks are missing some frigid weather being a warm weather team yeah but they're gonna to have to deal with some weather conditions the good news they've, they've played in some rain before mm -hmm. up in new england when they were up there back in, in week four. So they've got some experience in a little bit of a wet weather game. We'll see the forecast might change in between now and, and Sunday, but as it stands right now, 55 degrees and showers, 51% chance of rain. Yeah, it's uh, that's not bad at all. There's, no. I mean, not that I expect weather to be a huge issue if the Bucks do have to play somewhere cold. You know, like it's, we talked about this last year when they were going to Green yeah. Bay. I just thought it was the most overhyped thing. Like Green Bay's not yeah. out there practicing in the cold every day either. Like they're, yeah. you know, they're not like that's not normal practice regimen for for a lot of these teams. And so, yeah, I I uh, completely hear you on that. Um, the injury report: uh, Shaq Barrett obviously did not participate. Uh, probably going to see a lot of that with him over the next two weeks because he's not going to go to IR or anything. Right. And then Antonio Brown with an ankle uh, was limited. Don't expect that. to. That's kind of how he's been. I think he was limited all last week too and just played. Mike Edwards, full participant with an elbow, so that's a different one for him. An elbow, full participant. Uh, Brashad Perriman got a rest day. <laughs> he was a limited participant. Got yeah. a rest day, not injury-related. Not uh, arrested. So just fresh off the COVID it's list. A rest day. That's right, yeah. And today's a walkthrough anyway, so. Yeah. Um. 
Jason Pierre-Paul did not participate with that shoulder injury. Bradley Pinion participated with that hip injury. Just to pause real quick, Bradley Pinion's injury has been the weirdest thing to me, Scott. Like This yeah. has been something Bruce Arians has talked about for weeks on Bucks Total Access at least. You know, Bradley right. Pinion, you know, he only won't punt if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, that's how we'll determine it. Then when he's been asked about some opinions, worst performances in games, he said he doesn't think it has anything to do with the injury. So which is it? I, I don't I understand. Don't how that can and he said these be. in the right in the same interview sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. And then he said on Bucks Total Access this week, it was interesting. He said Pinion actually went to him. They talked about it last week, and they were like, "Would a week off help you feel better moving forward, like punting mm-hmm. and stuff? Can yeah. if that's bothering you at all?" <clears throat> And Pinion told him, yes, he thinks it would. So that's when they elevated Sterling Hofrichter. But Pinion was not given any injury designation for the game. He was on the list all week, but he was a full participant all week. Yeah. And then, you know, he was not given an injury designation for the game, and then he was inactive. So Arians is saying Pinion, yeah, will probably be back this week and should be back to 100%. Well, he didn't participate today, and he participated all last week and didn't play. So I have no idea, like, what that means for Bradley Pinion, but. Yep. That situation has been bizarre. And then Richard exactly. Sherman is still on here, did not participate with an Achilles. He only played three snaps, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, he was their di- he dime defender right now, Scott. Yeah. Just put him all over the place. They got Kevin Minner off the field for a couple reps, third and longs, and got Richard Sherman out there. So we'll see what happens with him. And then Grant Stewart, full participant with an elbow. And Antoine Winfield did not participate, even though – Rick Stroud and some others that were there said he was out there for the beginning yeah. of practice. So, well, he might have been out there, but yeah, again, I don't know. it's walkthrough, so fans, it's hard for them to tell, probably. Yeah. It's, first of all, it's a walkthrough. You're right. Second of all, right. um, the media gets the first 30 minutes of practice, and that right. consists of playing catch, calisthenics, <laughs> um, if you're lucky. talking, and half said, the players not being out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it's not exactly a you know, the, the end all be all in terms of reporting yeah. because uh, some crafty veterans, Antonio, Antonio Brown's one of them will kind of walk out there right when the media leaves. So sometimes they, right. we kind of miss those things. Joey Salas, appreciate that. Don't forget to hit the like button folks. What that does is, is if you're watching us on, on YouTube, whether it's live or whether you're watching the, the recorded podcast, make sure that you hit the subscribe button, subscribe to Pew report TV on YouTube and then hit the like button that helps us with the algorithms helps other Buccaneer fans find our content, watch our podcast. And we greatly appreciate that. You know what? We forgot to do one Monday, John Casey and I forgot to do um, roll call. So we I oh. see here we get, we got David in here from, from where Mississippi we've got uh, Aloha. I'm guessing Joey, you're in, you're in Hawaii or you're just using the Hawaiian phrase. So uh, in about, um, in about 10 minutes, once we get a, a few more folks in here, uh, John's going to enlighten us with something Buccaneer related for about a minute or two. And while you're listening to John, you can type in where you're from. We'll do roll call and I'll try to put up as many of those as we can. And we'll see exactly where y'all are from today, whether it's from the sunshine state, whether it's from America, whether it's from one of our international friends uh, around the world. So we'll do that in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Callum wants to know, can you see more rotation in these two games considering the NFC South is all tied up? No, Callum, not at this point because there's still a lot to be gained for the Bucs. You know, they can get the two seed. All the Bucs need to get yeah. the two seed is to win their last two games against the Jets and Panthers. And then they need for that is Rams lost. The Rams play the Ravens and the 49ers. They already lost the 49ers once. The hope is maybe Lamar's back this week against the Rams. And, yeah. and we'll just see how everything else plays out with COVID and all that. But 
they they kind of are hanging in there hoping for one of those things to happen. So the Bucks will probably play their starters the rest of the way would be my guess because I think Scott, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, if they can't, if, even if they win and the Rams lose this week, nothing's locked up. They still wouldn't have the two seed locked up. Right. Right. Because like if they lost mm-hmm. next week and the Rams won, then Rams would be back in control. So right. I, I don't see there being a path really where the Bucks rest people the last week yeah. of the season. I, I don't like that anyways. I, I really don't. I don't really either. I mean, obviously yeah. I don't want to risk injury over meaningless, yeah. but I'm glad, hopefully it won't be a decision. Like if they were locked into the two seed, yeah. I would almost dislike that because then that puts them, you know, you kind of have to rest people. There's nothing yeah. to play for, but I, I don't I like what, resting people that long. I remember, and I want to say it was 2000. It was either 2000, 2001, one of those two years. Tony Dungy and the Buccaneers played a meaningless game in week 17 so it's the last game of the season at home against the eagles and they actually lost that game but they they played almost all their backups because they mm-hmm. were because they were going to play the eagles in the first round of the playoffs the next week so it was like a very vanilla game it was a very boring game the buccaneers lost and then they played their starters against the eagles and they got crushed up in philly and i yeah. just I, I don't know if it was just losing to the eagles the week before with the backups and it just didn't Carry over translate. And I don't know, over, but right. I just, I just not a fan of that. Yeah, you, you well, let, let's talk about this a little bit too while we're on Callum's question, and then we've got a couple other good questions to move on to before we start previewing the Jets. But uh, this is interesting to me because I actually think the two seed could be a big deal right now. Oh yes, you know, the Packers. Totally I am right. torn. I, you, everybody knows who follows me that I believe in the numbers like a, a good bit when it comes to these things. Yeah. And the numbers really indicate that the Packers should not be considered the same threat that the Cowboys and the Bucks are to win the Super Bowl. Um, which totally agree. I know they've lost two, they've won two games in a row, very yep. close games against COVID destroyed teams, and and I get that part of it. But the Packers also, and they lost to the Chiefs barely with Jordan Love at quarterback, and he played yep. horrendous. And you know they lost Week One to the Saints. That was a long time ago. Like right. they've only lost twice since then, and once they almost was lost to the Ravens. You know, I mean, yeah. And if they, they don't drop that conversion Cousin, away, they did right. They almost lost to the Ravens. Yeah. They almost lose to the Browns, but they didn't lose. And so I, right. I do feel like there's some value to like going through a whole season and saying, okay, we lost once with their backup quarterback, yep. and we lost. We dropped a pick, Kirk Cousins pick on mm-hmm. the game-winning drive by the Vikings. I think twice maybe in that game. Yep. And so I think. You know, when you look at the context of something, you're like, man, they're good. But again, the, just what I was saying, the numbers kind of indicate that that the Packers might not be as good of a team. Uh, one of the big predictors, basically, of yeah. of future success is um, is point differential. And mm-hmm. right now, the Packers are significantly an outlier in terms of point differential compared right. to past Super Bowl champions. At least, I would like to see this list expanded to like conference championship participants. Right. And to see how far of an outlier they are, but just to give you an idea, the Packers I think are like plus fifty-five, maybe in point differential or something wow. this season. But compare it to like the Bucks for example, last year were like plus yeah. one thirty-seven. The Chiefs yeah. when they won plus one forty-three, plus yeah. one eleven for New England, plus one sixty-two for Philly, plus one ninety-one for New England. Yeah, they've been winning Packers close games, but not and Denver not wanted it plus fifty-nine. But you're, it's not a lot of examples of it in the last ten years. And even if you right. look at the league this season. The Packers aren't in, I believe they're not in the top 10 in terms of point differential, but they have the best record in the league. That's pretty yeah. that's pretty bizarre. So in any in other words, the numbers indicate the Packers are probably a little bit worse than the record, which is obviously right. the best record in the NFL. I don't know how much I completely buy it, but it's enough to make me think, okay, if they can get that two seed, maybe the pack they avoid the Packers until what would be the championship game. Right. They get to play at home twice. Yep. And then 
they're in a situation where, okay, the Packers might get knocked off by whoever right. wins in, in the wild card round. And then all of a sudden um, the Bucks are hosting the NFC championship game. If, yeah. they, if they win those two games, I agree. Right. I totally agree. Exactly. I, 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 th- I think whether it's that scenario, whether it's the Buccaneers win their two playoff games at home and then, and then the Packers lose, then they get the NFC championship game at home. Mm-hmm. I think that's a path. I also think the other path is the Bucks win their two, the Packers win their two and it's, it's Tampa Bay, Green Bay. In Lambeau, and I think the Bucks have a ton of confidence against the Packers, especially yeah. up there. They did it last year. There's no psychological, you know, battle that you've got to play. I mean, they, the they, other right, you know, they they dominated the. the yeah, Packers I agree with you. It's a different great, psychological thing with the Rams even is. too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, correct, totally. Is. And that's why I think it'd be interesting because, say, if the Bucks get the two seed and the Rams lose again, the Rams fall to the four seed. The Cowboys would be the three seed. The Bucks would be the two seed. If the Bucks win in the first round against, and obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves, we know that, but that's yeah. part of our job. Uh, the, right. If the Bucks win as the two seed over the seven John, seed, we're not saying anything the Buccaneer fans right. don't want to hear. That's right. So this is, right. This, is just, yeah. this is just mathematically how we play out. The, the Bucks yeah. beat the Eagles in the first round, and the Cowboys beat whoever the the six seed is. Let's say it's the 49ers. Right. In the and and the Rams beat the Cardinals in the first. If all the high seeds win, in other words, yeah. In that scenario, the Packers would play the Rams, and they. Cowboys would as the three seed would play the Bucks as the two seed. Right. And I think most Bucks fans would probably say, given the history against the Rams yeah. in recent years, that they'd rather play yeah. the Cowboys, Go considering ahead. that they basically the yeah, they actively beat themselves in week one and still yeah. beat the Cowboys, you know. So, but at having said that, Dallas, in my opinion, might be the best team in the NFL right now. They're, they're just, pretty hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 rolling. That right was because because they can cover and they're opportunistic and they can also rush. So it is a yeah. it is a tough combination, even though Brady has obviously had a lot of success against Dan Quinn, we know, but right. he's he's coaching at a really high level right now. I so agree. that would still be a tough matchup. Both of would be tough matchups. I, I like the Bucks for both, um, but yeah. they'd be tough matchups, no question about it. Mark Fisher's got a great question. Appreciate the the donation coming through the mail here, uh, Mark. Guys, who do you think the Bucks are? A great team? A great team with bad luck, I guess, regarding the injuries, or just a good team. Well, I think their regular season record is disappointing, to be honest. Yeah, this team, especially looking at the landscape of the league, looking at who they played, I think they should have been at least fifteen and two, or you know, was that right? You know, seventeen games, fifteen and two. I think is what this team probably should have been this year. I think they're the most talented team in the league this season. So they have the most potential to be a great team out of any team this season especially with just kind of in general, it's there hasn't been like a one dominant team all year long. That's like clearly yeah. the top dog, you know, the chiefs look like they're getting back to that form for sure, but right. There hasn't been that a lot of the season. So I think they have really great potential to be a great team, but right now I would say that they're a good team. And I would say there's probably no great team right now, but yeah. we'll see the next couple of weeks in the wild card round could change that. We could, that could be different right. by the time we reach the Super Bowl. And the Bucs weren't a great team going into the playoffs last year, but Certainly their run to the Super Bowl was pretty great. So yeah, it was. I, I think that, that the Buccaneers were a more dominant team last year, especially looking at some of those point differentials in the games, right? The Buccaneers just, you know, they they dropped 46 to 23 on the Panthers last year, 45 20 uh against the uh the Raiders out there in Las Vegas. Um, you know, they've had some dominant performances this year early on at, at home, obviously looking at the Bears game, looking at the Dolphins game. But I, I think that, that some of those losses you're talking about, the Washington loss, shouldn't have happened. And you could say the Bears game last year was, was a similar game to that. Mm-hmm. This Saints game shouldn't have happened, the 9 nothing, you know. 
There's been and, three games this year that they yeah. just shouldn't you, you yeah. shouldn't lose games to Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, like you, exactly. you know, or Taylor Haneke. You just shouldn't. Right. And so so yeah, the regular season, I think in that perspective is now I think they're a better team than last year. Like they're a team I trust a lot more. I think they're a better team last year's team. When when they're healthy, right? Like right. I, the, I think the biggest if difference this is version of the Buccaneers was healthy. I think you would have seen more of those blowouts that we saw last mm-hmm. year. And you're probably talking about a one or two loss Buccaneer team, John. I really, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on that. For all, sure. all season long, there's been, you know, like as yeah. we've said, there's only two games been played with all their offensive weapons with those big four in place with Brady. So, no, you right. should obviously, they, and they w- did win most of their games without them. But, you know, you lose guys the way that they've lost guys for large chunks of this season playing without, they still have not played a snap with their still secondary intact. So they were a much healthier team last year. This team at full strength, absolutely uh, the best team in the NFL, in my opinion, but they're not going to be now with Godwin and we'll see with Fournette and David, if they get him back for the first round of the playoffs, which is another reason, yeah. Scott, why then getting that two seed, not being the fourth seed and playing the Cardinals or the Rams in, in that first round, but getting the two seed and getting to play no disrespect to the Philadelphia, but on paper, that's a matchup that the bucks, that would be an, an embarrassing first round loss. If they lost to Philadelphia, you got to take care of business in a game like that. Exactly. Let's do some roll call, John. You talk Buccaneer football, and I'm going to throw up uh, some of these these names here. Callum's from Liverpool, obviously. And here we go, guys. Roll call. Oh, here we go. Get the roll call in here. Um, Jay wants to know. I just want to pull up the question real yeah, quick. Sure. Who's a better matchup in the playoffs versus the Cardinals or versus the Eagles? Love this it. is actually an interesting question by Jay because – the Cardinals on paper, you would think like this is a better football team. They have a Kyler Murray who's typically a better quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is like all over the map. Whether he's playing, I mean, obviously played very poorly against the Bucs, but they got those two huge, I think that 125 yards and penalties in that game, something like that, allowed them the Eagles to come back in that game because of the two huge long penalties that put the Eagles in goal to go situations. But Hurts only threw for like 100 some yards. So I, I definitely think I would rather face the Eagles if I'm the Bucs, but just because Kyler Murray is just a more dynamic thrower and, and runner, I think than, than anybody probably than certainly is a runner. I mean, he's up there with Lamar, but I think that with Hertz, he is kind of one of those guys that just has the it factor. And so I could, if he's won big games, like, and I, you know, that could be overused and overdone, but you know, he's done it in college and obviously he's made kind of a living on that. So I think the Eagles are kind of tough. And the other thing about the Eagles is, Nobody can throw deep against them. And the Bucs obviously overcame that and put up 28 last time and, and had chances. To, they would have scored at the end of the game. They ran the last six minutes out instead of scoring. But it wasn't an easy game for them despite right. the 28-plus points. Like They had to like change some things. I, I think they'd be better against that type of – it was kind of a boring game to watch them offensively even though it they was. got it done. Yeah. And then the Eagles came back, obviously, and they sputtered a little bit. You There's know still no question the Bucs should From win. From an offensive standpoint, O.J. Howard liked that game. Yeah, O.J. Howard did. And what <laughs> I'm trying to remember, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did not produce a lot in that game. Antonio Brown had nine catches for 93 yeah, it yards. Was, it was mostly A.B. Yeah. and and and, and, um, and O.J. A.B. and right. O.J. So. And they neutralized the Eagles' pass rush, which is it was a really good sign because the Eagles pride yes. themselves on being one of those rush four and don't blitz type teams, which right. – any blitzing teams have just been destroyed by the box. Like you talk about Miami, Carolina, like they just have not survived. Blitzing teams typically don't survive very well against the box. And the Cardinals are definitely more of a, of a blitzing team, although they'll yeah. do a little bit of everything. So there's challenges, no question about it with either team. Um, but I would definitely rather face the Eagles. I think yeah. for sure. No, I, I'm with you on that. There's no Healthy secondary against the Eagles. I don't think they're coming back from 28, seven. Like I agree. 
I'm with you on that. Or, yeah. So. Giovanni Perez with a $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Thanks for the hard work, you guys. Why do the Packers get all the love? Bucks are the champs. And in the postseason, there's no quarterback better than TB12. Well, I mean, uh, I, I think it's because of the Packers are a generational team. right? And they have the best record in the NFL, simply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, and they've got a former Super Bowl winning quarterback and a quarterback who's been the MVP. I mean, uh, maybe the best play caller in the league. Yeah. Best wide receiver in the NFL. Right. So, I mean, they they get love and it's, it's deserved. Uh, They're, they're a team that, that there's only a couple, John, it's, it's when you, you hand the baton from Joe Montana to Steve Young, right. And you go Mm. from, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So you, you've got, you've got generations of Packers fans, right. And let's not even forget, you know, back in the old Ray Nitschke days, the Bart Starr days too, where where Title Town started under under Vince Lombardi, but just you know from the Mike Holmgren era, right, all the way through to present day, you've had the Packers be a dominant team in the NFC Central and then now in the NFC North for quite a while, and and so they get that love. It's just it's just like the Pro Bowl, right? It's like once you develop that reputation. It, it helps even if you have kind of a down year, you still might get the Pro Bowl love because you might have been a three or four time Pro Bowler. So yeah. you get the benefit of the doubt. I think the Packers get the benefit of the doubt. But as John says, they also get the best record in the league. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore the fact that it's probably down to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady for the MVP. And, right. you know, you've got to consider Matt LaFleur, you know, a, a front runner for the NFC not the NFC, the NFL coach of the year. Coach of the year, right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Packers are yeah, very good. I don't think there's any question about that. I do think it's kind of funny that Dallas is, I don't know, maybe people are just hesitant about the past because you know Dallas has screwed up so many times in the clutch, but the Cowboys feel like a really good team and it feels like I, I'm actually stunned people are slow, it feels like, to get on board with them. I saw some people tweeting this week yeah. that like, the Cowboys might actually truly be one of the better teams in the NFL. I'm like, where have y'all been? Like, they've been this good for basically the whole year. Like, right, they're, you know, right. I, even when Dak hit that law where he wasn't playing as well, they were still winning games. Like, yes. I, I am just, I'm confused. They have all the ingredients. They have a, their defense is playing well and they're opportunistic. You know, if you look at past Super Bowl winners, the defenses and secondaries have been opportunistic. They've been able to get after the quarterback with four. They have right. a formula there. They have one of the better quarterbacks in the league. They have tons of weapons. Their offensive line is healthy finally for the first time yeah. in a long time. They're not really missing anything. They have one of the best young play callers in Kellen Moore from a like they're not really missing much. So yeah, I'd love to, <laughs> to not play the I mean, I just think they're a really good football team. And I think I think they're gonna be in the NFC championship game. I really do. Yeah, um, I do too. So, this yeah. this kind of feels like it's Dallas's year, especially with Dak Prescott coming back, you know, from that injury last year with the Angle. vengeance and Angle. even even shaking off the calf injury this year too, and the shoulder injury at the start of the season. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. writing stories about you know is is Dak going to play in Week One, right? I mean, that was that was a real kind of question mark, and all of a sudden he goes out and throws for what four hundred yards or whatever against yeah. against the Bucks. Uh, so yeah, right. like I, I'm not going to you know rule that guy out by any means. He's yeah. He's they're, uh, very, they're very good. Mitch asking yeah. a tough question here. Who's better, Favre or Rogers? I have no freaking clue. Well, <laughs> Rogers you know is probably better, but I, I, here's the Favre thing: Favre was awesome. If, if Favre was awesome, right? He he was he was a, an incredible talent, and and as as much as as the the quarterbacks of today are really captivating, you look at the Patrick Mahomes and obviously Tom Brady with his longevity. I grew up in an era where it was John Elway, it was Dan Marino. You know, those were the the quarterbacks I was watching. Brett Favre in the '90s. 
And Favre is just one of the best. I mean, he is he's absolutely the best. But I, I think in what I've come to learn about the quarterback position, especially covering the friggin' Tampa Bay Buccaneers that have had a lot of crappy quarterbacks yeah. rule through here, especially over the last 10 years before Brady got here, is turnovers get you killed. They just mm-hmm. do. And Aaron Rodgers protects the quarterback, protects the ball better than any quarterback I have seen. I mean, he throws a ridiculously low amount of interceptions. He mm-hmm. does not allow the Packers to beat themselves. And that's why they have double-digit winning seasons every year. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. he doesn't put the Packers in position to lose. With Favre, I mean, I tried to make the correlation between Jameis Winston and Brett Favre, and obviously Favre was able to overcome those interceptions that he threw, plentiful amount of interceptions by making some amazing plays, but he also had a great defense to Reggie White and, you know, <clears throat> all those Packer greats on, mm-hmm. on those defenses under Mike Holmgren, yeah. especially. So right. I, I just, if I have to pick between one of the two, and it's interesting because they, they each have one Super Bowl championship. That's it. Only one. I'm yeah. going to say Rogers just because he, he does everything Favre can do and he turns the ball over less. Yeah, that makes sense. That's an important part of the position. No question really about is. it. Speaking of turnovers, Scott, this is the story of the Jets offense. <laughs> they yes. are just, they actually are not even that bad. Like they're bad, but they're not like everybody acts like, you know, you could play, you know, me and you, and they we'd be in the Bucks would beat the Jets. Well, you know, their offense really is like, they've done some things. Okay. Considering the fact that they've been totally banged up. They have a rookie quarterback, their O-line is hurting you know they're yeah. without Corey davis for a lot of the season their best you know best receiver and elijah moore's been hurt too they're the best receiver. Right. considering all that they've been up against and they've what they've started four different quarterbacks this year i think like something insane like that you yeah. know so considering that the fact that they are 21st in yards per game and i know they're obviously down in a lot of games and, and throwing they're 18th in passing <laughs> yards per game like they're markedly better passing offense than the oh, they are like markedly better yeah. so you know, that's going to be something, but the turnovers, they just can't get away from them. Turnovers and sacks right. are like their whole season. They're 26 turnovers tied for worst in the NFL, 43 sacks tied for 27th in the NFL. Those are the yep. two big things. That and the red zone offense being 27th, all that is culminated in them scoring on 29.9% of their drives this season. It's got 30th wow, in the NFL. Brutal. So they've moved the ball a little bit this year. They can't finish drives. They can't yeah, they sustain. Can. That's their biggest issue. Yeah, and you look at, at the – the turnovers, right? And, and ironically, Joe Flacco, three touchdowns, no interceptions, like in his two games that he played, right? Uh, we talked about, we just got through talking about Aaron Rodgers protecting the ball. Josh Johnson, the quarterback, in the three games that he played, three touchdowns, one interception. But it's been the, the main two guys, and really Zach Wilson, right? The first round pick, seven mm. touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's not uncommon for rookies, especially on bad teams. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. Right. That, to have it lopsided like that in your for your first rookie season, you go through those hard knocks. Uh, even Mike White, when he came in, you know, he's, he flashed in his first game, but then he's played in four games, five touchdowns, eight interceptions. So you know they've they've got a total of eighteen touchdowns, twenty interceptions from the quarterback position, and as you mentioned, the forty three sacks. John, you know who else has forty three sacks surrendered? The Carolina Panthers. So I would not be surprised. Even without Shaq Barrett this week, if we see yeah. a, another high sack game for the Buccaneers, because I, I think Todd Bowles is going to try to do what he did uh, against Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, and you'd certainly do it against a rookie quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You blitz, you throw pressure, everything you can right from the get-go. We saw that right off the bat last week. 
right? We saw Jordan Whitehead come through with a, a blitz. He didn't actually uh, get Cam Newton down. He, he bounced off of Cam Newton, right? I mean, great game from Jordan Whitehead. But what he did do was he set up a sack for Will Golston. So mm-hmm. that Will had two and a half sacks in that game. I'm not sure if he's going to have two and a half this week, but I wouldn't wouldn't count him out. But what I do think is I do think there'll be a lot of pressure in this game. The Buccaneers uh, are, are going to try to make Zach Wilson's life miserable without a lot of his top targets. Yeah, for sure they will. And we'll see which one of his tar- top targets are back. But I believe Corey Davis is on injured reserve. Yes. And yes. then Elijah Moore was on the COVID list, but he's also hurt. So there's the two factors. There's kind of like the Mike Evans situation. Yeah. And, and so, right now, I, I, I think their tight ends – are, uh, are kind of banged up as well, right? Because you've yeah. got you've got uh, the starter. Um, it's uh, Tyler it's, Croft. Uh, Tyler Croft is out, yeah. and Arizona COVID, and Ryan Griffin's on COVID too. I right, believe. so it might be Kenny Yaboa, who I liked out of Ole Miss, but he's a rookie uh, making a I start. I don't think so. he's one target this year. He has not yep. got a pass. This is how yep. bad it. Like just to give people <laughs> yes. an idea, like their leading receiver is Elijah Moore. I don't even remember how many games he's played this year, but he is probably not going to play this week. We'll see. Right. 538 receiving yards. Corey Davis next 492. He's not going to play this week on injured reserve. Yeah. Jamison Crowder has 431 yards. He's our third leading receiver, but he did not participate in practice today. I don't know that they anticipate him playing. So they could be without their top three receivers in this game. Braxton Berrios, who was their top receiver going into their last game, Yep. And he didn't, they only threw for 102 yards against Jacksonville, but it was the 14 completions. They widely considered it Zach Wilson's yep. best start so far. Yeah. Well, it, it might be. Barrios got five passes for 37 yards. It Scott, might be so the, the big Braxton Barrios, Denzel Mims show. Denzel Mims has been in the coach doghouse. He has eight catches yep. all season long, but he may be playing in this game. Keelan Cole. Who was actually a good player in my opinion, but he, yep. you know, he's got 23 catches this year. And then there were like, was Michael Carter up? I don't even was is he yeah. available? He's like, available. It's ridiculous. He's, he's available. available. And, and okay, this was our guy, Joe, Scott. We liked him. We loved him coming out of North Carolina. Yeah. We we loved Javante Williams a bit more, but yeah, Michael mm-hmm. Carter for sure. This is a heck of a player. And the reason why we liked him, John, is because he can run the ball, he can catch the ball, and he's doing that. He's having a really good year. And, and you got to think they're going to try to lean on him, but I mean, good luck trying to run against the Bucks defense, right? But he is averaging 4.2 yards per carry. He's got 566 yards and 135 carries this year for four touchdowns on the ground. He's averaged about 47 yards per game on the ground, but he's also just as impactful in the passing game. He's got 35 catches this year for 316 yards. That's a healthy nine-yard average, and uh, he's he's got. Um, uh, you know, a couple of big plays through the passing game as well. So I, I think that if if I'm the Jets, I'm going to try to take advantage of the Bucks pass rush, try to screen the ball to Carter as much as I can, maybe do some draws, some delays, uh, anything to try to keep Zach Wilson alive for four quarters against this Todd right. Bowles defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the bu- – the- Jets offense is better than their defense. And I right. just don't know that I like it would have to be failures kind of on the level of the, of the you know, but the Panthers at least had dudes like the Jets don't even have dudes. Like yes. I, I'm, I'm reading their numbers here, but I'm bearing the lead and that those numbers were boosted by a couple games in the middle of the year where yeah. they threw it all over the yard in a few games still lost, but threw for like a ton, like 500 some yards. It was crazy. Right. Mike White had a 500, 400 some yard game, I think. Like they had some crazy performances, certainly, but 
it's just been miserable for them over the last several weeks of the last eight weeks or so of the season. I don't really see a path for the for the Jets offense. You know, they they don't create splash plays. They create more splash plays than you think. Like I would not think that they would be 16th and 20 plus yard pass plays this season in right. the NFL. But you know, they're tied for 26 with 40 plus yard pass plays at fifth. But you know, and they can pick up some yards after the catch. So like. I think they'll move the ball a little bit, to be honest. I mean, you know, the Panthers did, and I, you know, and I think that the Jets will too. But it would have to be – I can't imagine it being enough, Scott, because the, the other side of the ball is yeah atrocious. <laughs> like yeah. Their deep, and their defense isn't even like, oh, we lost people and we're bad now. No, they're just straight right. up. Well, and, and the thing too is, is right, Robert Sala was supposed to come in and be the defensive guru, right, from the 49ers who was supposed to come in. And, and yeah. it's, it's, not like they, it's not like they don't have – you know, some, some parts and we'll, we'll get to the super chat in a second. Thank you very much, Callum for years. And we'll get to yours in just a second, uh, Ted, but uh, you know, like Quinton Williams, who who's on the COVID list, we'll see if he plays, but you know, yeah. he's, he, he's a, a pretty good talent. I mean, he's, he's having a, a decent season. The problem is, is that there's just not a lot around him. And, you know, they've got CJ Mosley who was better as a Raven than he's been for the Jets for sure. I think he opted out last year due to COVID, and that caused a huge bunch of consternation up there in New York because he was really counted on to be part of that defense. But, you know, Williams, um, he's got six sacks this year mm. uh, for, you know, for the, the the Jets. John Franklin Myers, their other defensive lineman, he's their starting defensive He just end. came off COVID just list came, today. Yeah, yeah, just came off the COVID list. Sheldon Rankins used to be with the Saints. He's, he didn't practice today. He, he's out of practice. He's, hurt. He's, hurt. Um, he's yeah, and and uh, he's he's only had a, a marginal impact, but a couple of sacks for the Jets. So they've they've got some, they've got a, a couple of pieces, but just not enough, right? And yeah. even even Mosley who has uh, racked up some stats this year. He's got 142 tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. He's he's not even a one-man gang, John. I mean, he's he's been a product of uh, those 142 tackles that have come from teams running the ball on the Jets because the Jets are losing, right? And right. so uh, they, yeah. they just don't have a lot of pieces in place, especially even in the secondary, to really help out uh, Zach Wilson in the offense. And take it, these are PFF grades, so take them for what it's worth. But the only players on their team to play 70 or more snaps on defense and grade above a 68. 68 is like a little above average kind right. of for, for PFF. 60 is usually where they start, like before a game, everybody's at a 60 and then sees where you, they see where you go from there. Um, so the only players on their defense that play more than 60 are cornerback Bryce Hall, who is yeah. on the COVID list, and I yeah. don't know that he's going to be available for this game either based on the time and we'll see and john franklin myers who yeah. only plays 614 snaps he's a rotational player for right. them yeah that's crazy that's, that's one good. of the worst things i've ever seen <laughs> i mean even if you don't think pff grades are gospel you combine that with it all the statistics we're about to get to on this defense and yeah I don't know, Scott, like this. I mean, solid needs more talent for sure. Marcus yeah. May, one of their best players is hurt. Um, there are a couple other, you know, I mean, May and Williams are really their good players and maybe right. Ashton Davis will become one. He's getting better and better. Yeah. He leads um, the team with two interceptions. Yeah. I mean, we liked him coming out of Cal. He's very athletic. Oh, I loved team. him. I had a yeah. first round grade on Ashton yeah. Davis. He was my 13th overall player in that class. And yeah. he is starting to come on the last few weeks. I've seen the tweets and I've seen some of the plays that he's made. And so we'll see um, if he's even available. He, he's on one of these lists too, isn't he? 
I think. He is on the right COVID list. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think they think he's going to be back. I saw Rich Samini of ESPN say today yeah. that they think he's going to be back, but it's tough right now. Right. Um, yeah, not a lot to Speaking be Speaking of DBs, John, we've got a, a question in a $5 super chat from Ted Curtis. What have you guys seen from Carlton since he's been back from his injury? Is he playing at long-term contract level, or do you need to see more? I'm going to start off on this by saying Carlton Davis – is and John and I were kind of talking about this today. Um, John did a fantastic uh, all 22 breakdown of Jordan Whitehead, and you know, I, I, I agree with John in that Jordan Whitehead is such a good player, especially in the box, that he can play for a lot of teams and a lot of different schemes. But I also wouldn't put it past defensive coordinators elsewhere to misuse him too. <laughs> and because I've seen that, I've just seen players that are buck fits go sure. somewhere else and just and just not not perform to, to that level. So I I think that Todd Bowles uses Jordan Whitehead um, like a perfect chess piece. I think that he's an absolute perfect fit for what Bowles wants to do with that position, and he gets the most out of Whitehead because of that. And I think Carlton Davis is kind of the same way. I'm not saying Carlton couldn't go to another team and 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 have success yeah. i just think that carlton davis is such a perfect fit for how todd bowles mm -hmm. wants that cover corner to play in his scheme yeah and i think that makes him more valuable to tampa than than maybe another team now i'm not saying value dollar wise but it's all mm -hmm. going to come down to dollars and cents uh and, and i i think that carlton's going to get starting quarterback starting cornerback money like top mm -hmm. money um probably top 10 money for sure but, and he could get tagged. And he could get tagged. And I, I yeah. kind of think he would. I do uh, too. Will yeah. get tagged because he's missed some time. So mm -hmm. to answer the question, they like what they've seen so far. I think they just want to see a little bit more from him, just like they want to see a little bit more from, from uh, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I have some Carlton Davis thoughts, but first I want to let people know about the platform where they can voice their thoughts and their opinions on things from Carlton Davis on sports to music to culture, all of it. You can do it at Spotify Greenroom, folks. You can download it on the App Store, get it on Google Play, follow Peter Report on there, just jump into these conversations. There's Sunday uh, football conversations, as you can see there on the screen. There's NBA, NHL, all those, all the above. You're in there. You can jump in. You can voice your opinion. You can talk to the experts and ask your questions on the mic to the experts as well. So check out Spotify Green Room. It's great stuff, no doubt about it. And then the other thing I got to let you know about is the opportunity to put a little bit of money in your pocket. Ooh, as we yeah. get prepared here for the new year, you can go to Underdog Fantasy right now, and there are tournaments that you can play in, and these are just going to pick up as the playoffs get underway. And there are best ball leagues you can join. There are player prop bets, over-under player prop bets that are terrific too, that I love for other sports too. If you're, if you're into more sports than just football, you can check them out. But on Sunday, there'll be a ton of these lined up. So make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. They'll double your first deposit. So if you use that promo code Pewter as a new sign-up, they will double your first deposit if you get in there. So I really encourage you to check it out. The app is awesome. I have loved using it. I'm not going to stop using Underdog Fantasy no matter what. I love uh, using their website and their layout. It's just easy to understand. I go to some of these betting sites that I I don't know what I'm looking at, Scott. And it's too. It's I'm not a big better, so like it's all you know upside down to me. But Underdog Fantasy's app has made it very, very easy for me to get in there, spend a couple bucks, win a couple bucks, and it's been a lot of fun to play too, especially with friends if you're watching games and things like that. It it adds another layer of drama and fun to to whatever you're viewing. So John, check out Underdog Fantasy and use that promo code Pewter. Have you done anything for NBA on 
underdog fantasy. Oh yeah, I absolutely yeah. have. You know that I have, and yeah. I've won a few bucks. Yeah, I've been not gonna lie. Go. So yeah, I got to get back into it. I I took the week off for the holidays. I need to, but I want to get back into it for the bowl games, maybe a little bit too. So there'll be some yep. some good stuff to get into. But here's my Carlton Davis thought, Scott. Is I I think that Carlton Davis has played fantastic. I agree with John V here. Now I will say this: the defense has not faced a lot of great quarterback wide receiver cores right. uh, since Carlton has been back, especially. So the the Bills game was really encouraging. His play against Diggs was really encouraging. He is very physical, and so you know some people will say, "Oh, this could get called." And things sometimes get called against Carlton Davis that don't get called against other corners. I think he's had some right. really bad luck, and but because of the way he plays, I think like he's he's earned that reputation a little bit. That's like the biggest drawback with him, in my opinion, though. Yeah, I mean he's made plays on the ball. He's broken up a ton of passes already this year. He missed most of the season, and he still has a, a crazy amount of pass breakups he does. this year. So. He, he's gotten better in zone coverage this year. It's been noticeable how much quicker he's reacted and driven on the ball in zone coverage. Um, I think he's a really good corner. I don't think he's like a top tier corner. I think they'll probably tag him and see how it plays out. Um, that would be my guess. And I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think Chris Godwin and Carlton Davis are coming back. Everybody else will, we'll see, but I, I would be surprised if those two leave uh, and answer the question there. Yep. I agree. All right. Let's talk about the jets defense a little bit. Here we go, Scott. You ready? Let's do it. I'm, tell, I'm just telling uh, you, prepare yourself here because it's going to be rough. 32nd in the NFL in points per game allowed, 29.9. The Bucks are averaging 29.5 points per game, which is second in the NFL. So Jets are actually giving up a little bit more on average than the second best offense in the NFL scoring. Interesting stuff. You know who likes um, that? that Tom, Tom Brady Tom likes, Brady that, likes yeah. that. Here's what else Tom Brady likes. They're 32nd in yards per game surrendered. They're 28th in passing yards per game surrendered wow brady finally gets to face a bad pass defense that has just not happened all right. season he's faced like the hardest pass event schedule i think i saw of any quarterback in the league uh, by some metrics at least and so 32nd in passing yards allowed per attempt so they're giving up big plays this year i mentioned it i think before but 62 20 plus yard pass plays this season they've surrendered that's 31st in the nfl this is this is the pass defense that the buck that Bruce Arians offense was created yes. to go against. Now we'll and see who's available, but I think Rashad Perryman, Scotty Miller, yeah. Mike Evans types, I obviously think Antonio, Antonio Brown is going to go deep. Yeah. On this I one mean, too. I think everything I think, should be available yeah. to them for I, I think what they like to do. AB coming back and kind of having that 10 yard catch per game. I'm going to, you know, be the possession guy, move the sticks, get the first downs, you know, keep the offense on schedule get him into the red zone. That was Sabe's role last week. He dipped his toe back in the water. He's healthy now. He missed a little bit of practice time today with the with an ankle, but mm-hmm. I, he's going to be ready to go. He's a gamer, you know that. But yes, yeah. Perriman coming back. I agree. I think Perriman and and maybe maybe this guy here too, John. He's yep. he's got some wheels. You wrote about yep. this guy today. So right. Grayson I'm- he could be a huge fan. If Evans doesn't play again, I mean, he's certainly going to be a factor. If he does, we'll see what happens with Perryman and and with uh, AB out there, obviously, and we'll see what they opt to do. But I think Grayson has a chance to play more than Tyler Johnson moving forward. I, I agree. Obviously, I just think everything's up in the air right now. Like that's It could change week to week. We saw what? Perryman did nothing, and then Tyler Johnson had more snaps than him, but then Perryman caught the long touchdown, and so it sounded <laughs> like he was going to be in line, to, and then yeah. he gets COVID, and so, you know, We'll just have to see how things play out, but that spots yeah. are pretty fluid. Obviously, it's if Evans really, is back, it'll probably be Perryman and AB. You're right, and it's really interesting, right, because they, they've tried to give Tyler Johnson so many opportunities, right? And then last week, he doesn't even get targeted. So it's yeah. like, I think all they're trying to say is, we're going to make this really simple for you, Tyler. You're going to block this week. 
We want you to block in the slot. We want you to block on the perimeter. Problem is, is when he was trying to block and AB catches a pass for one yard, thankfully all he needed was one yard, but but when he gets blown up, it's like if if they're saying – yeah, if they're saying we're not going to give any passes your way, we want you to block, and you're not blocking well, then they're going to be like, crap, we're just going to bring in Josh Wells. We're going to go 12, 13 personnel, and you're going to be on the bench, and we're going to run the ball with uh, with in a, in a more predictable fashion by bringing in an extra tight end or, or a, a guy like Josh Wells to play tight end. But right. if we're going to run it, damn it, we want to at least get some yards. And I, I just think Tyler Johnson's been a letdown as a receiver and a letdown as a blocker. Now maybe to give mm-hmm. him one more opportunity, but – with with Grayson playing and blocking as well as he did, and I mean, you heard Bruce really espouse a lot of praise for Grayson as a blocker. It it just seems yeah. pretty crystal clear to me. Right, it does. The Jets, by the way, basically don't play cover two at all. I think they're the last ranked team in terms of cover two usage, whether it's cover two man or cover two zone. It doesn't matter. They just don't play it. Um, so they'll play cover four in certain situations, but like a long yardage situations, I'm sure. But when they have brothers. That. They're playing single high and they like man uh, coverage. And I'm ready I don't know. loving that. This is why they're last in the NFL, man. Like That's they're right. just, yeah, this is a this is Seattle style cover three. You know, this is this is what they do. They cover three, cover one type defense and this without is the, the Legion of, of Boom, right? Without the Legion of without anybody. Without anybody. So again, like we're, you know, the Jets have pulled off like they beat the Bengals and they beat the Titans. And they were maybe earlier in the season and and you know. I would say that they probably wouldn't beat the Bengals or the Titans today if they played. And maybe it was surprising when they beat them then, to be honest. And so anything can happen in the NFL this year, man, we absolutely know that there's no question about it, Scott, but it is hard to find the path on paper outside of a complete meltdown and everybody on the bucks going on COVID, including Tom Brady, that, that this would, that this would happen at this point, that they would lose this game. If Scotty Miller is going to have a big game, it's going to be on Sunday. Like it, it, it's Uh, going to be, do you think Evans will play? I don't. No, okay. I don't. Um, Even as, if he clears, spe- I think no, especially if it's going to be raining and wet. Absolutely not, because mm-hmm. you know that when you when you lose your footing, that's that's how you re, re- aggravate that hamstring. So injury, it's so. going to be week eighteen, and he's going to have one hundred and one to go. Yep, he sure is. You're the damn right he is. He's, he's going to, and he's going to get it. He's going to get it because Stephon Gilmore is probably not going to be playing, and they're going to be pulling people from the practice squad to play cornerback against Mike Evans, and he's going to be very motivated. <laughs> yeah, so Henderson got hurt too. I know. Did you notice that in the last game? I didn't even notice that. If they yeah. didn't play in the next game, they would be down their top seven corners on the yeah. season. I've never seen that. And, and, and they're they not COVID. Tra- and they traded for two corners yeah. in season, John. It's yeah. like, and they're still down seven corners. Exactly. So, yeah, so I guess I guess what you're what you're telling me though is is to you know put my money on the team that the the Panthers are playing against, right? I mean, oh yeah, you know, pretty much all the yeah. time. Well, and if I'm going to do that, John, you know where I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to my bookie, right? Mm. That's where I'm going to go to put my money on, on the action. So if you're looking for a new year's resolution, make your goal to double your money and get a head start with my bookies deposit match bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code pewter. When you sign up and you'll get your initial deposit doubled up to a thousand dollars with the extra dough in your account, you're ready to bet on the biggest games of the week, and my bookie's hosting an exclusive odds boost for this year's Cotton Bowl between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Cincinnati Bearcats. I've already put money on the game, folks. I have. That's legit. I'm not reading that. I, I put some money on this one. Both offenses have lit up the scoreboard this season, and my bookie is making the over an even more attractive bet by lowering the total on the points scored. Both teams are top 10 in points scored per game in the nation. So go to my bookie today. Take advantage of these boosted odds in the bowl season. And don't drop the ball. 
double your first deposit up to $1,000 using the promo code PEWTER. Head to my bookie, place your bets, and ring in the new year with the win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I love it. It's great stuff. The only other thing really to mention about this game, Scott, in my opinion, is looking at uh, the uh, the turnover numbers just for the game in general. We yep. talked about it with the Jets. But with the Bucs, they're tied for eighth best in the NFL with just 18 turnovers this season. So when I say – and obviously they're first in terms of sacks allowed too. So they're like opposite ends of the spectrum in that regard, same as the Panthers. Like one team turns it over way too much and takes way too many sacks. The Bucks, which for even the I should say any Arians team, but even when they were good, yeah, they always took too many sacks and turned it over too much. They were good despite yeah. it. It's just kind of I just throw it in there to say again the Brady factor is that Arians has never had a quarterback that's that's minimized even with the horrible turnover oh, yeah. luck Brady's had this season to still be near the bottom of the league in turnovers this yeah. year and the bottom at the bottom of the league in sacks. It's just allowed Arians' offense to experience efficiency that it's never experienced before. It might not have the nine yards per attempt average that leads the league you know right. every single pass but they're still throwing a deep brady's the third second highest graded deep passer yep. pff and other advanced metrics too i was reading the other day have him as in terms of catchable balls and all that kind of stuff like so you're still getting those splash plays when they're there you're just not forcing them when they're not and it's just made all the difference in the world in, in this scheme along with the adjustments yeah. they made yeah it really has and if, if you go back and look at at the buccaneers since the giants game right they've rattled off they're um, five and one mm -hmm. during that stretch. And Brady has thrown for six, seven, eight, nine, nine touchdowns. Is that right? Six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. Uh, no, 10 touchdowns, 10 mm -hmm. touchdowns. He's rushed for one and he's had one, two, three, four interceptions. A couple of those were gimmicky. So th that's, that's winning football when you're only turning the ball over once per game and, and credit to the backs too, right? And we have not seen the running backs put the ball on the ground this year. And right. even the wide receivers and tight ends, they've been very careful with the football. When they catch it, they secure it. We haven't really seen the ball get punched out uh, too often. And um, it's it's really a credit to uh, kind of what I was talking about earlier with the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers thing. If you don't turn the ball over, then you got to make the other team beat you. But when you, mm -hmm. when you help the other team beat you, you're beating yourself. And that's a quick way to lose a game in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some questions here. Long Lost Glazer says anything about Bruce Arians testing positive for COVID. Did check in with some people yesterday. As of yesterday, at least, he had no real symptoms. He did a little bit of a cough. That was at a mild cough. We were told that's and you know what? It. Otherwise, he was coughing okay, last so. week before the game. I, you know, during his press conference, I was even like, "Is Bruce feeling well?" Because he didn't. Sound oh yeah, good. and they got him a drink. I remember that now. Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know if it was related or not, but yeah. So nothing to worry about as of now uh, in that regard. Um, John asks if AB is being limited in practice, something to worry. I don't think so. He was limited all week last week, and Arian said he was totally fine and looked, you know, ready to he go. Fine. Looked Let's, like he did before. He was yeah. a walkthrough anyways. So uh, yeah, and during the game, I think I saw it on the all twenty-two. I think he steps on the pylon on the two-point conversion attempt. Mm -hmm. I think that's why there was that. Oh, is AB hurt? You know, consternation or whatever. Right. I think that's what happened. He's, he was running around and stepped on the pylon as he was going out. So I don't know if he rolled it a little bit. I don't know, but obviously he finished the game and played yeah. great. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully it's not. Um, you know, wouldn't think at this point that it is, but we'll right. see. Mostly worried about Antoine Winfield. What happens? They haven't put him on on IR, so yeah. like they thought he was going to be back. It was pretty clear from Bruce Arians' comments on Bucks Total Access last week that he thought he had a chance to play against the against the Panthers, and he didn't. And so now. We'll just have to see if he's back for this game, or maybe they just are saying, you know what, let's just let him rest if you know, see if we can keep winning. Yeah. Safety play has been a strength, not a weakness. So, yep, 
Sorry to me a while to circle back around to you, Richie P here, but yes, curious. You mentioned briefly mentioned Trask the other day, Scott. Have you heard anything uh, about his progress recently? Yeah, I, I did mention that on the Monday uh, podcast, and uh, I did hear that from inside the building. So that's that's encouraging that he's developing behind the scenes, and uh, you know he's um, spending this season mostly running scout team, right? But he's also in the meeting room with regards to mm. picking up the stuff from the game plan, even though he's not executing the game plan on the grass right. during practice, he's picking it up mentally. He's a very sharp guy. And obviously when you're around Brady, you're just soaking all that up. So, so far so good. Hopefully we won't see him this year. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's the the situation for that. I, I appreciate uh, coach PA uh, has a COVID whiskey cure. Maybe uh, whiskey works for just about everything. That's, that's my, <laughs> Hezo says, "Hope Brady comes back next season. Schedule for 2022 oh is brutal. Schedule looks tough for 2022. We'll talk it about really that is. at length on a, on another show, probably when we're leaning more toward that part of the year. But it definitely, definitely is tough on paper. You knew that was going to be the case when you win your division and the NFC is so top heavy. Yeah. You're playing Dallas and Green Bay, so you know you're well, yeah, and, you're and probably the Rams again." Yeah, and which is always right. great news for the Buccaneers and their fans. I guess they're playing the West anyway, so they are. Yeah, they're playing True. the West, yeah. which is the hardest division, and then they're playing the AFC East, which is. I'm not sure how hard it'll be. They're all competitive in the AFC yeah. East. You know, I think the Steelers will be bad, bad next year. But yeah, they're all the other teams are competitive at least. So it will speaking be about next year, John, we're almost there. We're almost to 2022. Can you believe it? So 2022 is is on its way. The last thing you want to be is the guy with the pubes getting in your way of making 2022 your best year, right? I mean, nobody wants that. Uh, nobody. No, nobody. And and we have something for you guys that will help you out. It's called Manscaped, okay? So make a splash in 2022 with Manscaped. It's the best grooming game you're going to find around, and it starts with this guy right here, the Lawnmower 4.0. Uh, it's here to take down every pube in its path. The Manscaped has engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer, that's why it's called the 4.0, Features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology, and it's waterproof, so you get your job done in the shower, which is fun. This tool is amazing. I'm confident that you're going to love it. You're going to leave 2021 and all your gross pubes behind. And you know what else I'm confident about? Smelling like a million bucks. That's why Manscaped has got refined cologne. It's the mm. same signature scent that they use in all their Manscaped formulations, such as... The Crop Preserver and the mm -hmm. Crop Reviver. Now, these gimmicks right here, along with the Lawnmower 4.0 and the Weed Whacker, which is the mm -hmm. ear, hair, and nose trimmer, and the Manscaped Shed, oh, which yeah. is the, the convenient travel case, and right. the super soft, comfortable boxer briefs can all be found in the perfect package. So want to make sure that you guys – Get in on all of the Manscaped action. Make 2022 your best year possible and your your most shaved year possible because that's mm. what women like. That's what it's all so about. You, it's what it's all about. You can do that by going to manscaped.com using the promo code Pewter20. You're going to save 20% off plus get free shipping with Manscaped. And if you, if you want, we still have some of these Pewter Report t-shirts we're giving away. We just gave away a couple more of these last week. This is the gray one. We also have black. We also have white. So all I need you to do is 
When you place your order for, for Manscaped with the promo code Pewter20, you're going to save 20% off and you're going to get free shipping. Then once you get that email receipt from your purchase, forward it to me at sr at pewterreport.com. srpewterreport.com. It's going to have the information that I need, which is your address, so I can send you the shirt. But it doesn't have any of your financial information, which I don't need, don't want. So make sure Manscaped can help you ring in the new year. So make sure it's a, it's a Manscaped new year. Promo code Pewter20, save 20% off, and get free shipping. Yep, it's good stuff. Uh, appreciate spiritual, spiritual sniper. I'm have to get a Celsius and a ball razor after this for sure. Richie says, yes. "Us here in nutbag Germany believe in Manscaped 100." <laughs> Incredible, fantastic, great stuff. All right, uh, let's uh, sign off here because we got to go. Our predictions real quick, 30 yep. seconds each here. I am taking the Bucks to win this game because they are better at every aspect of football, probably with their backups than the Bucks or than the Jets. I agree. Um, so you're going to save your score for I'm Fridays. Score. Yeah, I want to see who's okay. available. Yeah, if exactly. the Bucks have their like full complement of play, you know, they were not going to have their full complement of players. Yeah. but you know, they should win by yeah twenty some points at least at yeah. minimum. Uh, I'm going to say Buccaneers uh, win big, regardless of who's available, just because they're the Buccaneers and the Jets are the Jets. So as long as Tom Brady Sorry, plays uh, into the third quarter, I think the Bucks are good. Then put Blaine Gabbard in to to finish and keep that undefeated streak alive for, for Blaine. Obviously we'll see COVID could change our answers, but we'll see what happens for sure. All right. We appreciate everybody jumping in. This is great stuff tomorrow on the podcast. We'll be back. we got a nice little Q and a lined up Matt and Casey. I think are going to be on. We'll see who else Casey's on. I don't know, but Matt Casey will be on for sure. And there's going to be a good time on the show. So make sure you're tuned in for that tomorrow on Peter report. Get your questions in. They'll be ready with the answers as well. So we appreciate everybody. Peter game day on Sunday. Again, noon pregame, one o'clock kickoff. Paul and I will be with you through the game. Make sure you subscribe, Pewter Report TV. Hit the like button on our videos if you would, please. That helps us out a lot. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.